that uh, a, a Brazilian Love official. Hi, this is uh, Jim with Sid. Welcome to today's Outsports Podcast. It is the 18th of August. We are three days before the end of the Summer Olympics. Boy, they really seem to go fast. You seem like they're going to take forever to get here, and now, boom, they're here. So, uh, Sid, do you have Olympics fatigue yet? I don't know about fatigue. I mean, I found myself watching the, the thrilling finish to the Netherlands-Germany women's field hockey game yesterday, which, you know, that's kind of one of the beauties of the Olympics is that these sports you never get to watch. All of a sudden, it's two great teams matched up. The ending's incredible, and you're like, oh, I could watch more field hockey. <laughs> so I, I, don't, I don't no, I don't have fatigue. Because now we're getting to a lot of the gold medal matches, and, that, and that's fun. Yeah, I, the one thing I do like about the Olympics is you – I mean, I'm not going to watch certain sports again for four years, but – you realize these athletes train as hard as any NFL player or any Major League Baseball player or any of the people we kind of always focus on in America, and for them it's their thing. So I watched, uh, I watched some judo, and to see these you know, guys, you hear their backstory, they've been training for 10 years and they never won an international competition, and now the guy wins a gold medal. To him it's like, of course, the, the, the triumphant achievement, and I think that's really cool. Like you said, field hockey, I watched some handball. And I guarantee you're not going to watch another field hockey match for <laughs> another four years. But you can realize to them, it's like it's the big deal. Yeah, well, these people, any athlete spends hours and hours, day after day, week after week, for years, uh, perfecting their craft. And, and for, they're at, this is it. <laughs> this, is, this is the biggest game in town, other than, you know, some maybe world championship um, for, for some sports might be a little bit bigger than the Olympics. But... Yeah, I mean, the field hockey players from the Netherlands, and they're going to be on NBC again for another four years. So uh, maybe they don't care about that, but but it is it is the world stage, and, and you got to appreciate how much work these people put into it. I feel badly looking at some of these people who are one and done, right? I mean, they, they, they swim 50 yards. That's it. <laughs> they, they came all this way, all that work. They swim 50 yards, finished 47th. And, I mean, for, for, the, for a lot of them, I think participating in Olympics is that that's that's the that's the gold medal for them, but it's still like oh, I wish kind of they got to swim at least twice. Well, that, that that's an interesting. Point. I want, back to the judo thing was interesting is that I think I said last week you can get you can get done in five seconds if someone throws you the right way. The match, you know, so one woman's Olympic thing lasted twenty nine seconds, <laughs> and it's over. And in other sports, yeah. you maybe have multiple round robins. You have more chance to play. And like certain sports, you just get one opportunity. And it's kind of done. And so I, I, I kind of find that sort of like, wow, you talk about being brutal. Even in, like, wrestling, unless you get pinned, you could last – you can overcome a mistake early and still win. Like one guy got literally choked out, which I guess is weird. It's a legal move, but they allow you to revive yourself. And then the guy went on to win the match. Oh, I guess why if you're choked out, what, you know, it's a weird wrestling rule. The guy got <laughs> choked out, literally unconscious. But the opponent's not allowed to pin him for some reason. They give the guy a chance to sort of get back on his feet, and they continue the match, and he won. I thought, odd rule, but <laughs> okay, um, that's uh, that's an Olympic sport for you. Um, it's also great to see just 
people from all over the world, just, I mean, men and women who just like beautiful, I mean, just beautiful athletes. You watch them in action, and it is kind of stunning to see the diversity of body types, and I find that every time that we get so focused, well, we live in a melting pot in L.A., so we have a lot of variety of these things. You know, there's these, there's wrestlers and swimmers and triathletes, and I saw the women's heptathletes, and you realize, God, what amazing athletes they are, just physical, oh, sure. you know, what they what they have to do. Um, it just really kind of blows my mind. And then, you know, in two weeks, we'll be back to watching the NFL. Yeah, well, it, that that is, I mean, it is interesting that the, um, I haven't really thought much about the NFL because of the Olympics. I mean, the Olympics have yeah, really. And remember, we were talking two weeks ago about who, oh, ho, hum, oh, the Olympics are on the corner, nobody cares, interest is down. I've watched more of this Olympics than I watched of London just because I, I, I'm sitting here every day banging out stuff. There's so many LGBT athletes, and I think that's 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 probably the biggest part of why I'm more interested. I, the reason I was watching the Dutch-Germany field hockey game was only because of the LGBT athletes there, the, the women who were on the team, and, and, and the, the Swedish soccer, the, uh, the Swedish uh, the gold medal soccer game for the women. I'll, I'll watch mostly because of all the lesbians on the Swedish team, so... I, I, so that has been a big part of why I've watched a lot more than I thought I was going to. I think that's the biggest reason for me. And um, as as we were getting ready for the show, we had uh, I'm adding more people to our names of out gay and lesbian bisexual athletes. We now have 52. Wow. Um, total. And yeah, I'm watching like I watched the uh, Brazilian. Uh, beach volleyball team Larissa and Tanita. Larissa is openly gay. She has a wife, <clears throat> and NBC did actually a very nice feature on their marriage. But I never would have watched that if I, if if she wasn't gay because it gave me a different focus, and I wanted to see how they would uh, deal with it. Uh, the same thing for the Swedish soccer team, which has four um, out players on the team. They're playing for the gold medal and uh, field hockey, handball. So. Uh, the first gold medal won by a Brazilian was uh, by a, a lesbian yep. who, you know, talked about her girlfriend after winning. So I think that sort of made it – I mean, for us, it's been just the most traffic we've ever gotten from an Olympics. I mean, this is going to be one of our most trafficked months ever. So i I got to believe that, yeah, it's uh, it's our best ever for the Olympics. And let's talk about that. I mean, I, I put up something today calling it the gayest Olympics. And what got me was looking back at kind of there's been a lot of stuff that's happened, mostly good. Some of it, you know, not so good. And like here's just a few things that have happened in, in the last, less than two weeks. You know, we had first gold medal won by a gay person in Brazil. Um, Tom Bosworth finished uh, personal best in the race walk, then proposed to his boyfriend a French marathon swimmer won a silver medal dedicated to her girlfriend. NBC did that feature on the, the beach volleyball player Lewis and her wife. A rugby player, a rugby sevens player, was proposed to on the field by her girlfriend. Nike aired this great ad with trans do athlete Chris Moser. The University of Phoenix aired an ad featuring Gail Marcus, a former Olympic uh, basketball player, with her wife in the ad with a pride flag. We have a mini. Uh, uh, I don't know how to pronounce Amini's last name, uh, Fauna from Tonga, yep. who was uh, you know, on NBC giving interviews about being a gay athlete. Daniel Leva, the gymnast, recorded a, a video that had him wearing a Make America Gay shirt. 
Um, I mean, that's sort of a lot of stuff that just happened in two weeks. And then the bad stuff, which is the gay slur chanted at soccer match, of course, the awful Daily Beast grinder article that outed some athletes, uh, an announcer calling the wife of a player her husband, NBC not identifying Tom Daly's soon-to-be husband as his husband when they identify everybody else in the stands. Um, so, in a sense, a lot of this stuff just was unexpected. Like, we didn't know this would happen when we were doing our coverage plans, and somebody thought, well, we could write about Well, we haven't had a shortage of stuff to write about. Yeah. Well, Tom Daly's fiancé, they're not quite married yet, though some, some people claim they, they eloped, but they, they say they have not. I thought uh, I said soon-to-be husband. <laughs> Oh, I thought you said. Oh, did you? Did you? All right. Well, okay. Yeah. Then we're in, then we're in agreement. Uh, but yeah, I, I again, I, a couple of weeks ago, I was thinking, oh, you know, I'll tune into some diving, maybe some track and field. And I've been sitting here every day tuning into sports and checking checking our schedule that we put together of when the LGBTI athletes are competing. And every day, I'm like, oh, I, you know, Castor Semenya is, uh, you know. Is which we can talk about, I guess. Um, is 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 racing later, and, and I want to watch her. I want to watch her run in the 800 semifinals. So it's really, even though we knew there were a lot of athletes, the number that we knew of has just about doubled in two weeks, and that 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 part of it has driven my interest in the Olympics. I think really speaks to the power that LGBT athletes have in in driving interest in their sport. Well, in London, we had 23 out. I, we call them LGB because there are no out. There are no, there are no open transgender athletes that we know of. Um, and we had 23, and now we have 52, so it's more than doubled. And you mentioned Castor Semenya, and that's an interesting story that you and I kind of offline were going about yesterday because we had originally listed Castor and Adute Chand of India in our list of LGBTI out athletes. And we don't have T's, obviously, but. Then we kind of did a little research, and turns out that neither Castor nor Duty have ever publicly identified themselves as intersex. And yeah. you uh, connected with an expert at Stanford who said that neither has ever used that term, and then this expert, um, Katrina, does not use that term. So we took them off because our, our rule is sort of the uh, public identification. You want to talk a little bit more because it's an interesting story with, with Castor, that, you know, who I'm rooting for to win the race. Well, uh, first of all, so Dute and Castor have both been the, the subjects of investigations about their testosterone levels and um, and genders, and should they be competing as women, as like they've identified all their lives, uh, or not? And they've both been cleared to compete as women, and there there are no issues there. The question is, and, and you know, there's 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 an assumption that they are intersex, and there are some reported leaks of of of, of studies and reports that say that 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 they are intersex, or at least Castor is intersex. But yesterday, you and I were just engaging in this conversation about, well, if they haven't identified as intersex themselves. We use that standard for the L, the G, the B, and the T. Why would we use a different standard for I? And I just it, it gave us both time to step back. And while a lot of intersex advocates um, uh, champion 
Dute and and Castor, and I think deservedly so. There's there is in all likelihood some issue going on there with testosterone levels and what have you, and certainly they're they're the focus of these investigations in the past. Just labeling them intersex, there are lots of other conditions that they could have. That was a mistake on our part. So you know, even we continue to learn and 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 listen and try to figure out how we can do our jobs better and. Including them in the first place just wasn't, now that we look back, wasn't the right move. What's funny is we talked about adding them in the first place, and in some ways it was done to try to be as inclusive as possible yeah. with what might broadly be termed sexual minorities. And I never really gave it, I mean, I, I felt a little bit different about it but because they, you know, I haven't heard them talk about it. But then we find some research like, oh, they really not have. And so the standard we've used for, LGBT people, which is you need to have some public disclosure via a, a media article or being obviously out on your social media. And without uh, uh, Castor Dute talking about that, we decided we took him off the list. We made a little editor's note about it. I think it's the fourth asterisk we've had. We've had to take people off who didn't want to be on the list for various reasons. But I think we try to be as honest as possible about this. And this is an evolving issue. And I mean, I'm rooting for Castor because she's done nothing wrong, and yet there are people right. who are saying she has an unfair advantage, and they say that as if she's, you know, doping or something. You know, the same kind of stuff they they say about doping athletes. But she is who she is, and she's being allowed to compete. And I did find, I think I sent you a, a nice AP story about it, and most of her competitors actually really feel good about her. Some some are like an idea that they feel it's unfair, but not they're mad at her. It's like, well, if she was sort of born with maybe – say, a higher level of testosterone that gives her a natural advantage, but then what do you do to compensate that? Do you tell her she can't race? You know, I mean, yeah. at what point do you say, well, this is how you were born as a human being, so you are naturally. So um, I think it's an interesting thing. And is that is her final today or is it the semifinals? I believe it's her semifinal. I think the final is tomorrow. They, they don't run them on the same day because the 800 is brutal. <laughs> Yeah, uh, did you watch? <laughs> just speaking of brutal, the steeplechase race yesterday. An American won a medal for the first time in since '84. No, this guy literally just not American, but like I think Kenyan falls and smashes headfirst in one of the steeplechase you know things they jump over. Oh, it was oh, like oh. brutal. Well, um, the steeplechase, I mean, the 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 the, the brutal the brutal events in track and field are the steeplechase, the 800, and the 400 meter hurdles. Those are the absolute killers, the hurdles and the steeplechase, because you're running just either sprinting or distance and then having to jump over something. And the 800 is just this event stuck right between the sprints and the long distance where you need to have incredible speed and incredible endurance. It's just, it's, it's a, all three of them are brutal, brutal events. Yeah. And it really shows that you know, again, the, these things that people kind – of, we had someone who we were at dinner the other night, and one of our friends was kind of mocking the race walkers. I thought, <laughs> you gotta, it's a – I mean, it, it, A, it's a very difficult discipline. I know it looks dorky. totally does, but it's not an easy thing to do. I tried it once when I was at a gay game on a track, and to even get the rhythm down in the dude for 12 miles, <laughs> it's like yeah. you got to be in some condition to do it, you know. So I thought it was kind of funny the things we kind of make fun of. And yet we follow sports where people are clad in helmets and big pads and they, you know, basically knock each other around. And so I think it's all a matter of your perspective. But 
Yeah, some of those track things are, are just like are kind of insane to think. And I think the 800 is kind of weird because it's it's neither a sprint nor it's super. You know, you have to kind of it's yeah. a tweener race, and that just makes it more difficult. Yeah, well, it's having having. I used to do the 300 hurdles in high school, and that was tough. I can't imagine another hundred meters. And then I did the I've done the 800, and it, I, I'm I'm actually suited to run the 800, but it it really is brutal because you gotta you gotta move and you gotta have that endurance. Um, but to, to go back to um, Dute and Castor for a second, uh, you know, Dute has this great quote uh, in the New York Times from a while back saying, um, you know, that essentially it's, it's wrong to have to change your body for sport participation. I'm not changing for anyone. And you ask, you know, what are they supposed to do if they have naturally high testosterone levels? Some people say they should have to block their testosterone levels. And, and I just, it makes me crazy because Everybody has advantages and disadvantages. Should Michael Phelps have to shorten his arms? Should Usain Bolt have to shorten his legs? I, because those are just natural, natural-born advantages that they have. And the, and the fact that we, you know, focus on the, this small group of people and say, well, no, your advantage goes too far. And Dute finished 50th in the, <laughs> in her event. I mean, it's not, she's not exactly tearing it up. So just. Just just because you have some extra testosterone in your body doesn't mean all of a sudden you're going to win gold medal. It takes a lot of hard work and a lot of practice and a lot of other things. Yeah, and that's what one of uh, Castor's um, opponents said. She still has to put in the work to do that. And every athlete has some sort of genetic advantage. I mean, that you have the great hitters in of all time have had freakishly good eyesight to where they can almost, people describe it to them, the ball seems like it's coming in slower, you know, so you can actually focus on it. Mm-hmm. Are we supposed to what? Put, wear, make them wear corrective lenses so Mike Trout can't see the ball as well? Um, and so that's why I think the whole debate about well, should they have to do something? Well, no, this 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 is naturally who they are. Who are you to say that they can't have this advantage when you allow other athletes to have all sorts of advantages? Yeah, well, it's just a shame. Again, it has to do with uh, Kate Fagan of ESPN said. What was it? I I know I know Castor's a woman because people are trying to control her body. Like I thought that was a I thought that was a great line that. Um, yeah, that's funny. I thought I was going to mention the same thing. You're always always trying to control women's bodies and tell them, well, you know, we've created this special category for you, and you have to be X, Y, and Z to fit into it. Well, that X, Y, and Z is constantly being challenged, and we need to broaden the X, Y, and Z instead of trying to force all these people to fit into it. Back back to the number of gay, lesbian, bisexual athletes, it is obviously a record at 52, but I did some math, and it is less than one-half of 1% of all yeah. athletes there. And, you know, 1% would be, what, 100 and whatever, something, well, 115, yeah. and 2% would be 230, uh, et cetera, et cetera. So, you know, it still gets the point. There's still a lot more athletes who are not out publicly than than are out publicly. And even you know, Amini was talking to NBC about some of the athletes he's met through Grinder. You know, and named a few sports. Um, so clearly, it's funny they asked him, "Oh, there's only 11 out, out gay men here," and he kind of scoffed at that. They the answer the question was framed incorrectly. There's only 11 publicly out. <laughs> we clearly know there's a lot more than 11. Yeah. But it goes to that thing, it's like, when is this going to, like, you know, is this going to be just a progressive thing that in four years we'll have 100 publicly out? <clears throat> well, I don't know about 100, but we'll have more. It's, um, I, you know, you have to remember, the, these are the ones that we know of. I mean, 
we keep getting reports from like the Dutch badminton player. She's been out for a while, but we didn't know yeah. that. Um, and and so there are probably a couple dozen more who are totally out publicly in in Belgium and Bulgaria and wherever else, and we have no idea. And then you have a huge number who are out to their teammates or friends or families. We don't know about them. They haven't talked publicly about it. But they're out in their in their private lives. Um, some of them very, very, very out in their private so so out that the fans know that they're that they're gay or LGBT. And and then yeah, you got a bunch of people who who are who are, you know, totally closeted. But my guess is if if, if we knew about every single one who is out privately, that number would be three digits. Yeah, I think a big part of it is, and it's also we're finding that most of the ones we didn't know about who were publicly out are all women. That the yeah, men right. get, a man will simply get more attention for it because it's still more unusual. So even a, even a you know a weightlifter from you know Kazakhstan would, would we would know about it because someone would have written about it. Um, so I think that's that's the issue because we have forty one now, forty one women and eleven men. And, um, you know, and all, all the additions, literally, we've had only one male edition. That was a meanie because we just forgot he had made the Olympics with Tonga. Uh, or, and Jeffrey Wams. So we had nine. Uh, we've added two men and what's whatever, 20, 23 women and two men since the list first went up. Yeah. Well, I, I, and, and again, you know, I'm sure it'll keep it'll keep going up and um and you know, I mean, the, the the number at this point isn't even that important. I mean, it's there are so many out there to cheer for. People are watching them because they're LGBT. I think it's, I think it's neat. Yeah, and I do think that again, we found the number of stories. It, it it's the visibility and the whole. We've talked about this before. The whole legalization of same-sex marriage has made such a big difference because it it. The state as an institution said in the society that this is okay. And so now you have proposals on the beach that could not have happened before same-sex marriage happened in England, right? I mean, Tom Bosworth and his partner could have had a commitment, but it wouldn't have had the same ring, you know. You, you know what I'm saying? Like you, you don't really have proposed in a commitment ceremony. It, it, it wouldn't, you wouldn't have been able to write a headline, oh, proposes to his boyfriend on the beach, he said yes. Um, and I think that has been – a huge advantage uh, to, you know, something we've never seen before. And I think you said the first proposal of the whole Olympics was uh, the lesbian couple in South Africa, or from South Africa, correct? Or no, Brasilia. Who was it? Rugby player. Yeah, the rugby player from Brazil. That was the, that was the first well, that was the first, first proposal that we know of um, that happened in, in Rio involving an athlete, yeah. Um, so going forward, I'm curious to see also who might come out after Rio? Because we had that in London, where we had some people <laughs> who waited till after the competition. And I know you and I've talked about that would be the way to do it. If you're not gonna, if you're not gonna do it before the games with enough lead time. You certainly don't want to do it right during because it could be, you know, it could be a distraction to you. But maybe now some of these athletes will think about it and say, hey, "I competed openly, and I just want to tell the world now." Yeah. Well. Um... I, we, we, yeah, we, we've seen it with, with each of the last two Olympics, people coming out afterward. You know, you and I know of several who are mm-hmm. uh, out in their private lives but aren't publicly. So uh, who knows? I, I mean, there, there will be some, uh, you know, but, um, you know, if, if we talk about only half, only half a percent of the, uh, of the Olympians are, are out. 
I, I wish half the, a half of a percent of NFL players and NBA players and Major League Baseball players were out. At least we'd have, oh, God, yeah. yeah that, that's, at least that's a have point a few. That, what would that be? A half a percent in the NFL would be 80. No, no, it would be like seven. No, 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 eight. Eight? Yeah, seven Yeah, eight. 10% would be 160. So <laughs> help me with my math here. 10% would be 160. It's seven, 1% it's seven it's seven or eight. Eight, yeah, we, yeah, that's right. Eight, roughly eight people would be. Yeah, you imagine eight NFL players coming out tomorrow. That would certainly change things. <laughs> so yes, it, it so, would be great if there were more. But I mean, there are fifty-two out Olympians. I'll, I'll take it. It's more than I thought. That we were talking, I think, about forty. You know, forty being a nice number. Fifty-two. That's a lot. Oh yeah, we first had twenty-seven, and I thought, oh, we'll get maybe ten more. And then we keep getting. E- our readers have been fan- fantastic about this. Hello? Yeah. Hello? Yeah. Hello? Oh, boy. Jim hit mute on his button, on his phone or something. <laughs> well, I don't know who can who can hear us, but uh, I guess that might be the end of our podcast. Um, I guess we've lost Jim. But yeah, so anyhow, whether the numbers hello for, when the numbers forty seven or fifty one, either way, it, it's still uh, it's still plenty of people, and it's a lot for us to cheer for. So uh, anyhow, I guess that's 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 all the time we have this week. We will I will play the buffer music. Um, somehow we get have technical difficulties every time with with, with this podcast. I mean, we need to find a different platform, maybe. Actually, Blog Talk Radio has been great, so I shouldn't. So I didn't say anything about them. But anyhow, enjoy the rest of the Olympics. We'll be back next week. We'll probably start talking NFL. That is what Jim and I like to talk about the most. That's how Outsports started, was talking about the NFL. Um, but check back next week, and go Team USA!